You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch podcast. It's Monday, January 31st. I'm Mike Pierce, HFO Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week. Portland MSA hits a new record for sales. There's a rate hike due in March 2022. What's next for multifamily lending? And highlights from the Joint Center of Housing Study of Harvard University, 2022 Rental Housing Report. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by Gantry Incorporated, the country's largest independent mortgage banking firm focused exclusively on commercial real estate. HFO is your leading multifamily real estate firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our news stories. Real estate investors spent far more money on the Portland area apartment buildings last year than previously thought. CoStar Group, a real estate analytics provider, last year tallied in excess of $3 billion worth of sales in the region's multifamily market, which broke a 2016 record of $2.978 billion. Turns out the actual number is $4.314 billion worth of deals actually went through, according to the new CoStar data. Investors are really drawn to Portland's growing population, but the investor feeding frenzy, which coincides with rising residential home prices and the cost of living increases more generally, could translate to higher prices for people living in those apartments. Oregon passed rent control legislation in 2019 that allows landlords to raise rents by 7% plus inflation. In 2022, they can increase rents up to 9.9%. While there may have been concerns about the cap among investors and landlords, Oregon's rent control law now appears pretty generous compared to other initiatives in the nation. Voters in St. Paul, Minnesota, for example, approved a bill last November, which only gives a 3% annual limit on rent increases. Oregon's rent control hasn't been a deterrent to sales because a lot of investors are thinking 9 to 10%. It's actually pretty good. With rising interest rates, what's next for multifamily lending? Multifamily investors are bracing for an uptick in mortgage rates and other forms of real estate finances. As an inflation-fighting move, the Fed plans three hikes of 25 basis points each. In December, the Fed announced that it would start winding down its bond-buying program by March. The consensus among mortgage bankers and economists is that increases in the cost of capital will be modest and will dampen the availability of financing or the surge of investment. Multifamily lending volume will rise 3% to $421 billion this year as the economy continues to rebound predicts the Mortgage Banker Association. Another key factor is the national housing shortage. Construction is expected to increase by 5% this year to nearly 500,000 units. All things considered, multifamily rent growth is unlikely to repeat the performance of 2021, when rents increased 13.5% year-over-year through November, according to Yardi Matrix. Yet lenders will be underwriting deals against a backdrop of a market with solid potential. For 2022, CBRE forecasts 6.5% rent increases and continued low vacancy in both urban and suburban markets. Now mortgage bankers are assessing the impact of the Fed's actions in months ahead. Predictions vary as to how much the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, currently at 3.05%, will rise in 2022. Some bankers predict a 25 to 30-point uptick. Fannie Mae, for example, expects the average 30-year fixed rate to come in at 3.3% at the end of the year. That's largely because Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are on a mission to help alleviate the housing shortage and are incentivized to give the best terms on those deals. Each agency raised its 2022 cap for multifamily loans to $78 billion. Banks also earn a community reinvestment credit for arranging packages. So if you're thinking about investing, you might ask yourself, should I take a fixed or a floating loan? While mortgage rates should not soar this year, there will be a spillover effect in the real estate finance market. The general expectation is that interest rate hikes will most directly affect short-term borrowing and floating rate finance and have less of an effect on the cost of long-term fixed rate mortgages. The choice between fixed rate and floating rate loans hinges on the borrower's investment strategy and circumstances. 
If an investor plans to sell the asset in the near term, they may opt for a floating rate loan and put a cap like an interest rate hedge on it to take advantage of the current low rates with some upside protection for the future. That's a good approach if you're a buyer planning a three to five year hold for a property that isn't fully leased. Moreover, there are multiple trade-offs to consider. It all depends on what type of asset you are financing and what your investment plans are. If you're a generational holder, a fixed rate product with rate certainty might make sense. One trend that may emerge is that more investors will opt for shorter five to seven year fixed rate terms for acquisitional loans rather than three year floating rate bridge loans. How will an increase in mortgage rates affect cap rates? Considering the amount of capital targeting the real estate sector, there is sufficient spread between the cap rate and bond yield to allow for modest continued compression in cap rates, as we saw in 2021. An encouraging sign is that rising interest rates probably won't significantly impact key loan-to-value or interest-only provisions. Over the last 18 months, many non-bank lenders have been lending over LTV, since rental rates are moving up so rapidly and the overall debt-service ratio is getting better. Here are some highlights from the Joint Center for Housing Study for Harvard University 2002 Rental Housing Report. Rental housing demand came roaring back in the second year of the pandemic, reducing vacancy rate and driving up rents. Some of the rebound reflects the lack of inventory in the for-sale market, which has kept many higher-income renters from buying homes. At the same time, lower-income households that took the brunt of the job loss during the lockdown still struggle to cover their rents. While unprecedented levels of federal assistance helped keep evictions down, the need for a permanent, fully-funded housing safety net is more urgent than ever. A key element of that support must be to protect the existing stock against the threats of climate change. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. Our latest videos feature interviews with candidates running for Portland City Council and Governor of Oregon. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog, available on our website. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.